Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Should college athletes be allowed to advertise for casinos and sportsbooks? Have a listen to our conversation and drop a comment below, won't you? We'll also take a look at Nike and whether or not they're set to run the metaverse. And Ontario goes live. 30 companies coming into the market in the sports wagering space. How will the government offering fare? That and more as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. Welcome to TDR's Guaranteed Money. I am Ryan Doyle. That is millennial entrepreneur Anthony Verrill. Let's start off with the uh, legal shit, as we call it around here. Yeah, all views, no disrespect, way. no disrespect to lawyers. I'm sure they're no, good people. Not at all. I have a lot of them in my life right now, so they're all good people. Let me say nice things about lawyers off the top. Uh, all views in the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests on this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment advice. The views on this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. Now that the lawyers are happy, how are you, man? You are back in Vegas. I am good, yeah. Vegas two weekends in a row. I'm lucky that there's an NFT conference this weekend and it just happens to be in Miami. So it's in my backyard. I don't have to uh I don't have to get on a plane or anything. But yeah, it was nice. Flew uh about twenty, what was it, about sixteen hours of travel time to be in Vegas for thirty six hours. And then uh yeah, it was good. Now this Not is part of back your, for a while. This is part of your other business. My first question is obviously, did you miss me? Was it the same without me being there? Um, no, it was. I, I preferred our trip. Our, our, our trip was definitely better. Uh, this one was pure pure work uh, business the entire time. Um, and conferences. I mean, I love conferences, but after you start networking for a while, after six hours of just talking, 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 and saying the same shit over and over, I was just like, "Fuck this!" And then we literally was. It was like a 16 hour day um yeah. on uh on friday now these were various card conventions you were going to through your, your other business only gems which is phenomenal we'll, we'll get a little yep. bit more into it as we go we go along but what was what was that like in in today's world in 2022 sort of post pandemic uh when it when it comes to a, yeah. a convention like that not a single there was not a single mask yeah. um in sight to be honest everyone was shaking hands uh, exchanging cards. Um, it, it was back to normal. It was like COVID wasn't even there. Um, there were no COVID signs. There were no COVID restrictions. I mean, Vegas is fully open for business. Um, it was kind of wild because I mean, I mean, I went up to uh, to one booth because I was also trading uh, some cards, and I literally looked down, and there's a 1.8 million dollar Luka Doncic uh, National Treasures uh, card on. sitting in this case. Yeah, yeah, the guy. I was actually holding it. Um, the guy, I was like, can I, can I see it? The guy's like, yeah, no problem. Um, but that's the thing that's crazy about these card, these, these card conferences now, like these are assets. There were literally guys with tables with cases that were 15 million, $20 million worth of assets. Um, just sitting on the table. It's, wow. it's, it's wild. That's pretty staggering yeah. shit. When you think about that, like, I guess security yeah, yeah. must be pretty tight. Yeah, I mean, and everyone's got badges. You can see everyone's faces. So, I mean, there have been incidents at these conferences where some jerk off like comes in, like will grab a card and try to like run out. They never get anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's literally like I was hold I was holding like two hundred thousand dollar Jordans, like five hundred thousand dollar Jordans. Like the the, the vendors, there there there's trust. Um, yeah. The one good thing is is. 
everybody was like, so this is like a huge pain in the ass. Like I'm lugging my collection everywhere. I was like, and that's why we're putting cards on chain. Well, that's because exactly now you're going to be just... able to do this online. What a great yeah. room for you to be in. Cause that's the yeah. business model, right? It's taking the, oh, the yeah, physical yeah. and putting it into the digital. And that's like right where you are. Yep. And you've got all of these people that have likely lugged all of this product around, not just cards, but as you say, sneakers and whatnot. And now you're here to say, Hey, listen, you don't have to do that anymore. Like you basically are the next, oh, yeah. the next realm of what's going on with these type of conventions. How you could, you know, what's to stop you from hosting a, a convention in the metaverse just like that? No. Oh, we're going, Am I we're, crazy? we're going. Yeah, yeah we're, 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 we're going to, I mean, that's one of our end goals and something down our roadmap. Um, but the other thing is, is, I mean, these guys are traveling with a case full of $15 million in sports cards. Like that's a liability. Like I wouldn't feel I'm pretty comfortable like doing whatever, but walking around with fifteen million. I'm not cards, doing that. Like, no, I mean, no matter how you want to skin it, it's a it's a liability. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was fun. It was a good show. Um, probably gonna have many many more in the next couple of months. But uh, but yeah, it was it was basically a tech conference that was disguised as a card show, um, which was my key takeaway. But yeah, it's and everybody there was betting. Everyone there was wagering. Everyone was in the books. Um, everyone was still having a good time, um, just like we were the weekend before. That's fascinating stuff. Uh, Ontario, let's get to it. April 4th is going to be the day where we see a lot of the companies. You're starting to see them come online. You're starting to see some of the ad, ads going out there on social media. The score has been very aggressive in Ontario because I'm in Ontario. So for me, uh, this stuff is now being fed to me every single day. The Ontario government, through their offering, ProLine, OLG, uh, they've been pumping out some really bad material. I don't know why they didn't hire the two of us, to be honest with you. Uh, they've got two people. God bless them. They're nice. I know both of them, but uh, it's just bad material about gambling. It, it doesn't. It, it's almost like a weird sports show that doesn't really actually fit the realm of of sports wagering. But that all said, it's going to launch April fourth, and we're now a week away. I've got a bunch of interviews set up, so you're going to see those on on TDR's channel. Uh, and of course, you know, feel free to comment if you're in Ontario. We'd love to hear from you. What are you expecting? What are you looking forward to? For me, Anthony, my one big sort of study here is going to be how well the government product survives in an open, thriving market with 30 other companies because it has been yeah. awful, but it's also been the you know the standard bearer. It's been the, the one product everybody has known for a very long time. Hell, decades now at this point. They launched sports betting in OLG when I was in high school in the early 90s, so you get the idea that they've been around a bit. Yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, private, private enterprise is probably going to win. Um, I mean, obviously the OLG has the legacy customers and they've got that base built in, but I highly doubt their products are going to be able to compete with any of the other, the other private products and the other advanced tech companies that are coming into the space. I mean, obviously if they start to manipulate regulation to be in their favor and like limit marketing practices, like we did see in cannabis, I mean, sure they could get a competitive edge there, but I'd be willing to bet that no matter what private enterprise is always going to trump, uh, the, 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 the government issued platform. Yeah, and I think the government-issued platform, albeit convenient, meaning you can go to a local convenience store yeah. and now place single wagers. They've got a decent online presence, but it's still got it's still got some issues with it. It's still a little sluggish. Wait, it's, it's that robust? It's that oh, robust yeah. that you can literally go to a convenience store and yeah. place a bet like you'd buy a lottery ticket? Yeah, now it's been that way for a very long time. It was that way before single-game wagering ever reared its head, and, and of course really? the, the, the box was ticked. Yeah, but you, had to use, you ha used to have to bet parlays. 
there were limits, there were caps. You could only bet certain combinations, uh, you know, so many times, okay. and then you'd have to go to another store. It was a little cumbersome in the way it works, but yeah, I mean, you could go in there, play a lottery ticket, and play a sports bet. That's where I say, you know, they've got a bit of an advantage in that regard, in that they still will be in people's faces when they're going about their day to day. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, I, I didn't know that. Um, I didn't realize that it was that accessible. Uh, but yeah, I would still, I'd still be betting on the uh, on the private guys and the other platforms that are really spinning up and coming into the fold. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they differentiate themselves in the market, because when I say them, I mean the yeah. other 30 companies. You can't come into this market and be the same as the the other 29. You've got to do something different. No, it's, no, no, no. Whether it's no. wrapping yourself in analytics, whether it's figuring out how to, you know, make a nice offering that people want to be loyal to you. That's going to be the real the real challenge, I think. And I'm curious from some of the CEOs I'm about to speak to this week. You know, where do you see your company getting ahead and popping your head up differently than everybody else? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be able to get ahead probably with the consumer loyalty programs, um, being able to add the added value that's going to be given uh, to the consumer, and then they'll start to flesh it out from there. Um, I mean, obviously, the with, with, with the government-regulated stuff, I'm sure they don't have marketing budgets where they can just be throwing money at people on a monthly basis. Eh, so I'm sure the government. private guys would be able to get creative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they don't like they, – they don't like uh, – just irresponsibly throwing money. I mean, from what I've seen with DraftKings and Caesars and FanDuel, like if you're betting, they're rewarding you. Like they're just handing you money, um, which is kind of crazy. Like for instance, like Burger just kept, keeps getting like $2,500 allotments at a time um, to just like throw out on the board. So, I mean, that's uh, it's definitely a competitive edge, but I'm definitely curious to see how it transpires all once these, uh, once everything starts to roll out. Now, Burger is a high roller uh, betting friend of yours, not some just like it's not like an imaginary friend you have sitting around or what you call yeah. yourself in the third person. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's 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 betting. He's still on a he's still on a heater. I think it might have cooled down as I'm not getting as many uh, screenshots of bet slips uh, <laughs> sent to me. But he's uh, he's he's been doing well. It's always that guy, right? Where, where did your where did your bet slips go? Why don't I see them anymore? Yeah, yeah. I used to be getting them on a nightly basis, like in like three or four shots, uh, just pinged to me. Haven't gotten any in a week, uh, but that might have been because I was on the road. Uh, you know, one of the sports we've been watching is college basketball. We'll get to that in a second. But the NFL, obviously, you know, the, I always say about the NFL, it's not it's not just the season. It's an 11 month narrative. You might get one month yeah. where you're not talking about football, and it's usually the month of February. You know, you get that. Two, I would even say three weeks. Hell, I wouldn't even say a full month. But you get that little lull after the Super Bowl, and then it picks up again in free agency. It picks up again with the draft. Here we have the chief media and business officer of the NFL, uh, Brian Rolop, saying uh, that they're looking at the idea of a streaming service just for the NFL. Uh, the service would allow users to stream games from mobile devices with a cable subscription, uh, price of $5 a month. It would include games, radio, podcast, team content. I like this idea. I think the NFL for a long time has been struggling on how to get their content out to people. This seems like the right direction for them to go. You know, you think of the Sunday ticket days, Anthony. I mean, this is this has strangely been a oh, weird yeah. dance for such a great product. I think it's a no brainer. Um, I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, I think every sports league is going to have their own native streaming platform and their own digital ecosystem here probably in the next five years. I mean, depending on how they need to unwind the, 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 the TV rights or accommodate the, uh, the bandwidth to actually enable it. But why not? I mean, they own their own brand. Why not centralize the content and give everybody what they want on demand? It's the media model. It works. 
you're getting subscription revenue, you're getting recurring revenue, you've got your fan base that's right there plugged in the market to. I mean, if they all flip the switch tomorrow and the NBA and the NFL spin up a streaming service, I don't really care what it costs. I'm going to subscribe to, 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 to both of them. So I can get the Miami Heat, I can get the Dolphins, I can get everything on demand, and I can get everything where I want it, when I want it. Um, I think it's an absolute no-brainer. And it also allows the NFL to tailor their content, so I don't have to worry about the middle guy in the cable yeah. company. Sure, the cable company is kind of running there in the backdrop because I've got to have a subscription. <laughs> but past that, give me just the straight mainline product right to my vein, because that's what I think what the fan wants oh, yeah. nowadays. I don't want all the other bullshit. No, not at all. I mean, I, the, the bullshit sucks. I mean, and then they, they create an ecosystem. They come in with the podcast. They come in with probably the sports wagering uh, sure. segment of it. I mean, you're literally hitting your consumer from a 360 perspective, and you own them. They literally will own their consumer. They're not going to be sharing their consumer with the uh, w w w with the media giants. I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer, and the NBA is probably next. I told my wife this last night. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I've been a season ticket holder through the, the bad days. We're now in some of the good days, which is great in, in Buffalo. I haven't seen them in person because of the, the pandemic. I can't wait for the first day in September where I get to be out there at what I still affectionately back in the day still call Rich Stadium. But now I still call it the Ralph. But now it's called something else with some other corporate sponsor on top. Uh, the Bills announced a new stadium deal. The NFL owners approving it down in Florida this week. Uh, you also had the governor of New York very bullish on the idea of the Bills getting a new stadium. I told my wife the price tag, and she said, you got to be kidding me. That's what people spend on these kind of things. The price tag is $1.4 billion, with a B, dollars. Uh, a lot of that money's coming from the state. A lot of that money's coming from the county. The owners themselves are tossing in $300 because they're not short a buck. They're billionaires themselves. What are your yeah. feelings? Because we do cover off not just gambling and sports wagering and NFTs and crypto, but we also talk about the business end of things. When you, because you're in the United States, see your tax dollars going to a stadium, how do you feel about that kind of thing? Because the the reaction has been mixed. Yeah. So, yeah, my 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 perspective on this is probably a little bit different because I firsthand have dealt with the Marlins ballpark being built in Miami and being a complete fucking sham. Yeah. Um, as far as planning goes and as far as promises go and as far as what they were actually going to do with the stadium, um, they built a beautiful stadium. Now, it's not like uh, SoFi or Jerry World or Mercedes in Atlanta. It's a nice baseball stadium. It's a good ballpark. Um, I think they spent like a billion two on it. It's got a beautiful retractable wow. roof. They sold the they sold Little Havana and they sold the city of Miami to pump uh, tax dollars into the stadium. There was going to be all this urban development and planning going on around the stadium, um, building it up, creating bars, restaurants, driving people there. They didn't do a goddamn thing um, after they built the stadium. They just left it. Um, none of the money ever got pumped into any of the planning. Wow. It's a mess. It's a giant. It's, it's a giant shell sitting in the middle of Little Havana that they can't even get 10,000 people out there to see a, a Marlins game. Um, I think if you're going to pump tax dollars into this kind of stuff and you're going to make promises to the cities and the municipalities and the people in the surrounding area, if you don't withhold your uh, up, if you don't uh, uphold your end of the bargain, there should be recourse. Um, absolutely. But in the, in the instance of like Mercedes Benz stadium, SoFi, Jerry world, which I don't even think they probably pump tax dollars into Jerry world. I think he owns it. 100% or something crazy. Um, 
I think it's warranted. Um, if you can make that stadium into a venue versus a stadium and maximize the value out of it, create more value for the surrounding sure. area and use it as a means of boosting revenue and boosting interest um, in that city, then go for it. I'm all for it. Um, you see, it's but interesting. In, but yeah, the Marlins ballpark was a mess. It's interesting you say that, though, because I don't know if you've ever been to Orchard Park where the Bills play. This is a suburban community we're talking about. So all of the luxuries that yeah, you just I, talked about, they don't exist. Yeah. They currently don't exist, right? Like, I yeah. mean, I've literally paid $20 to park in somebody's driveway. I whip my barbecue out. I use their bathroom in their house. I mean, that's what we're talking about yeah, yeah. here. It's, it's that kind of community. They could have put it in Buffalo. They could have put it right close to the border so that Canadians would have had an easier time getting over. They chose to keep it in Orchard Park. Yeah. And God bless them. I like that because it, it, it kind of lends itself to that communi- community-oriented Green Bay Packers, Buffalo Bills, old-school kind of fan base. Yeah, I would. Hold on, I'm just looking up something real quick out of curiosity. Okay, so comparably speaking, SoFi Stadium cost $5 yeah. billion to build. Oh, come um, on. So, yeah, 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 which I thought so. I, I thought it was $3 billion, but I didn't want to be wrong. Um, so 1.3 is... I don't want to say a drop in the bucket, um, but it's relatively cheap, all things considered, because I would probably say Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta was between four and five billion uh, to build as well. Um, so at least they're coming in on the Way cheaper under. side of the, yeah, it sounds ridiculous, but yeah, 1.3 billion might be a deal um, for, a, uh, for, for a stadium. Yeah, even with cost overruns, I don't think they could get to four billion, five billion bucks. So that's that's a good deal. Way to go, Buffalo. No. Well done. Well done. Uh, yeah. I was reading this. Yeah, and yeah. I, they're, I, they're, they're, they're getting a deal in the grand scheme of things. I wanted to get your take on this because, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to be one of these guys that says, "Oh, wrestling is stupid," and wrestling is something I haven't watched before. When I was a kid, Hulkamania, you know, Hulk Hogan against Paul Orndorff, you know, even morphing into The Rock, Stone Cold. Uh, you know, Razor Ramon, yeah. who just passed away. God bless him. Uh, all of the, you know, I've watched wrestling. It's one of those male soap, soap operas. God, I don't need to watch it. Every... You're showing your age, calling him Razor Ramon. What, you call him Scott Hall? Scott Hall, yeah. Okay. You don't call him Razor Ramon, the bad guy? It was one of the best no. characters ever. I didn't, I didn't watch wrestling when, it was, when he was Razor Ramon. I'll tell you a true story. Let me tell you a true story before we get into this actual story. Uh, this is when I was doing the radio show. I hosted a late night show. This was around... I think it was when I was doing a, the 11 to 2 shift and my producer had booked Razor Ramon. Sorry, let me do this. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash on the show in studio. Okay. That and I got to tell you. Yeah. These two guys walk in. First of all, Kevin Nash is fucking massive. He is a giant yeah, yeah. human being. He is so tall. And I remember, I remember it remote, like Scott Hall was super kind of on the microphone this way and in your face. Yeah. Kevin Nash walked into the studio. He sat down. He put some sort of beverage down on the, the console. He put his cowboy boots up on the on the radio desk, pulled this microphone back like this, and he said, ask me anything. And Scott all looked, and they just both started laughing. Those two guys sat with me in a radio studio for an hour and spilled really? all the tea. They were hilarious. They yeah. The characters you saw when they were Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, that's who those two guys really were for the most part. Oh, you know, I believe they, it. They were just great dudes to hang out with for an entire hour. Yeah, I, I don't think wrestlers. I, I really do believe, like a lot of the wrestlers you see on TV, like that's them um, yeah. in real life. Like they're not it; they're in character twenty four seven. Like those are their personas um, for the most part. And I love I, the I fact- loved wrestling. 
when I was I love the the fact that they were also they seemed like and you could tell through Scott Hall's passing last week or two weeks ago uh, that they were very good friends. You could tell that they were very good friends. Kind oh, of yeah. like, you know, buddy buddy type of thing. Uh Fanatics though is adding WWE to its roster in a long-term deal that will see uh Fanatics uh, sorry WWE work with Fanatics Commerce, Fanatics Collectibles, Candy Digital, yep. which is the company's NFT division. My question for you, though, is how come this hasn't happened sooner? Because I think of my days growing up as a kid collecting the wrestling figures and, you know, wrestling cards and all that kind of stuff. This seems like a very simple, smart, straightforward marriage that should have happened a while ago. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it kind of dives into Mike Rubin's uh, new strategy. They're going to make collectibles and, and cards and comics out of everything. Um, if it's a movie, if it's a if it's wrestling, if it's croquet he's going to go buy the rights and find the consumer and put it into their ecosystem. Um, I, I think it's a no brainer. I think it's interesting. What I'm seeing though is I don't know if I like, because for instance, like UFC. So they've just started like doing UFC cards like Panini and prism. And they're trying to price the upper echelon fighters like you would price a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow, a Zion, a Lamelo. Like it's just going to take market share away from the other sports. Right. Um, like Formula One uh, just came out with cards, and the Formula One cards I think are cool. Um, I actually just bought a couple this weekend at the uh, when I was in Vegas. Um, but I mean, I think it's what is it? Oh, hold be, on, what is it? What is uh, the top driver? The, what does the top driver go for? Formula One. Card wise, like like a Lewis Hamilton, like like a Lewis Hamilton gold refractor, um, hundred grand. Come on, yeah. Come on, hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. But granted, right. that's but granted that 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 that's Lewis Hamilton. Um, but like for instance, like George Russell, the new driver on Mercedes. Um, I bought a couple of his rookies, and his rookies PSA ten are the same price as like Ronald Acuna Jr. or like Mike Trout. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're commanding, they're, they're, they're commanding, uh, pretty decent prices compared to other sports. And WWE and all of this, you think is going to go where is this a, is this a good move for them? Yeah. I, I, oh yeah. I mean, dude, WWE still sells out arenas. Like yeah. people are going to buy NFTs and people are going to buy, uh, WWE collectibles 1000%. I'm not going to. Um, you're probably not going to, no. but I damn well bet you that there's going to be millions of Americans and millions of people across the globe that do buy WWE digital and physical uh, collectibles, 100%. Mike Rubin wouldn't have bought them or got the rights if he didn't think the consumer was there. I want to move quickly into Nike. Obviously, they do have a lot to do with sports. And I, I know you've commented on on Trade to Black, our other podcast on TDR, about Nike from time to time in their world, uh, in their digital space. I, I read this article yeah. and I thought, wow, this is interesting to me because, you know, sometimes you read stuff and you think, I didn't know that. And I'm okay to admit that I didn't know that it was already this big Nike land. Uh, they've not been shy, really, about their their want to get into the metaverse and their ambitions. They announced Nike land in oh, November. Yeah which is a virtual world for Roblox users to play games and purchase goods. The numbers I found were staggering. 6.7 million players from 224 countries have visited Nike's virtual space called Nike Land. I'm only assuming that's going to get bigger. But for those who don't know, what the hell are people doing in Nike Land? Well, see, in Roblox, though, people are building their own games. Um, so in Nike Land, like you can go in there, build your own games, build your own experiences, 
and people can come in and, and participate and play. And then you're going to extract uh, value out of it. You're going to get paid for people that are playing your games. And I mean, I, I really can't think of a brand that's stronger than Nike on a global basis. I mean, it might be Apple, it might be the McDonald's arches, but people see the Nike swoosh and it just clicks. Um, there's, t- as far as I'm concerned, I mean, shit. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. there's there, there's nothing stronger than there, there's nothing stronger than Nike. I had um, to check from, the camera to see if I was wearing any. I'm like, is this a swoosh? No, I don't. I'm clean. Yeah. I'm clean today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably I probably wear a piece of Nike apparel without fail every day, 365 days a year. Whether it's a t-shirt, whether it's shoes, whether it's socks, whether it's a hat, hundred percent, I am wearing something from that brand every single day. Yeah, and I get you're right. I, you know, it, it seems, and I, it doesn't surprise me that they're one of the companies ahead of the curve, saying this is, you know, digital is going to be where it's at. The metaverse is going to be where it's at. This is oh, where yeah. we want to be, and laying that roadmap early to to be one of the early adapters, so that everybody knows that they're there and they've got a presence there. Oh yeah, Nike are gonna Nike are gonna own the metaverse. Nike are gonna own the digital experience for the consumer, especially in the apparel and uh, the apparel world. Um, Nike is it's, it's Nike. Uh, my my brother in law uh, was was high up in in Nike um, on their app division, and he brought me to the campus to look at it. Oh, I yeah. mean, Mark Parker's office looks like one of the buildings out of like Star Wars. Um, there's it's it's black. There's just columns everywhere. It looks like it's something out of like the year 2100. His parking spaces are under the building and then there's a helipad on top. And it just looks like a like a futuristic like palace. And then the rest of the campus is like mind blowing. Um just like the just like all of the infrastructure and everything that they have and I mean it's just reflective of the brand. Like I remember one of the buildings I walked in and there's a game worn pair of like 86 Jordans uh just sitting there <laughs> and then in the case around it is like yeah, in, in the case around, it's just like untouchable uh, memorabilia. I can only imagine. And then I walked by like the Tiger Woods building. I can only imagine like what's in there. Um, but it was a, it was unbelievable to actually go to their campus and see it in person. That's wild stuff. Uh, you were down in Vegas. March Madness yeah. was still going on. Uh, St. Peter's made a lot of bookmakers happy. I think there was a massive, I don't think, I know, there was a massive run. And I, for the life of me, can't understand this. Because March Madness always, to me, Seems like one of those things that's fairly predictable in that you know there's going to be upsets in the first round. There's going to be a small smattering of upsets in the second and third round. And then when you get to that weekend that we just passed, that's when the blue blood schools tend to rear their heads. They don't have to be number one seeds. They just have to be brand names like Nike. So we're talking Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova. You know, they've got Jay Wright, great coach. So why these people decided to pour all of their money? Some people put money on St. Peter's to win the whole thing. And I'm not talking like 10 bucks. There were betters Dude. out there putting hundreds of thousands of dollars on St. Peter's to win the national championship. I wish they had just handed me their money. I would have taken it gladly. My buddy, my, my buddy put 4,300 on St. Peter's to win. What was it? It was 4,300 to win a thousand. He's like, yeah, it's the best bet you could possibly make. I'm like, dude, no, you're a moron. That's so um, dumb. I was like, do not, do not do that. Um, so yeah. It was uh, obviously their their luck run out. Miami's luck run out. Um, it was a good weekend, though. I mean, I loved watching the first half of that game, and then I just pounded Kansas the second half. Yeah, um, big. And then it, it, the, the the craziest thing is the stat that Duke and UNC have never played each other 
in the conference tournament. Not once. Yeah, and I wonder. I, find I wonder if that's crazy. well. You got to remember, it's still human beings that are putting these schedules together. After all, right? And if you've got Duke as yeah, a, yeah. a you know a pretty high up seed, one two seed, although this year's a bit of an outlier because North Carolina is anything but right. They're way down the chain. I think they're on no, eleven, they're, aren't they? Not, they're yeah. eight. They're an eight. Sorry, no, yeah, no, they're so, ten. I mean, they're ten. They're ten. They're they're ten. They're a ten seed. Yeah. We'll look. We'll look that up in a second. But yeah, I mean, listen, they're they're between that eight and, and twelve range, so they're they're yeah, not yeah. in the one, two, three, or four position. So this year would have been the year that they would have been in the the finals together. But somebody decided to put one in one bracket, one in the other, and next thing you know, they're meeting in what we yeah. would call the semifinals in the final four. I, I'm sitting here with, <laughs> and please feel free to write in the comments as to as to what I should do here. Because now I'm in a situation where I've got a Kansas future. I checked the date on it. I put that on in July. I put the Kansas future okay. on last July for this season. And I put the North Carolina one at plus 10,000 on just before the season, before the tournament started. So now I've got two teams in the final four and I've got futures on both. Do I, do I even, do I even do anything this weekend or do I just sit back and, and hope that they're the two teams that square off on Monday night? I'd probably figure out some way to hedge it, but I do think the greatest Olympic coach in U.S. history is probably oh. going to win the championship this year. <laughs> it's so doing this to me. I just think it's in. I just think it's in the cards. Um, Greg Popovich does really not coach do any of that, these teams. They don't. He doesn't coach North Carolina. What are you talking about? No, it'd be it, it'd be it'd be Coach K. It, it's got to be Coach K. I'm rooting for UNC, but I mean Duke just looks like that talent's clicking at the right time. Um. And you've got but the future on them to UNC to win, right? Not to win UNC the to just make the championship. No, okay. to win the championship. So it's not like you can go balls to the wall on Duke in the final four game, hedge it, and then if UNC clips, you win. But the if UNC thing- Kansas play each other, you win no matter what. That's right. So that's what I'm thinking. Maybe I just coast and wait okay. until that happens. I, I think that might be the play. Otherwise, I, I would probably, because my gut tells me exactly what you're saying. Duke feels like the already written scripted narrative to win this tournament. And that worries me and concerns me. So what do I do in that particular situation? Do I put some money on Duke just to have a sprinkle there? Then you've got a one in three chance of winning the championship. I don't know. I don't know is the answer. I haven't decided, but but maybe by the weekend. Yeah, I'm assuming the odds aren't giving you too much juice right now on Duke winning the ship. No, I believe they're the favorite. Last I looked at, they were the favorite to win the whole thing. So you're not getting much value there. Uh, Very quickly, two things I wanted to bring up. One has to do with, with... uh, college basketball and gambling. Uh, one of the college basketball stars of of Gonzaga, Drew Timmy, uh, is actually in a casino commercial. And a lot of people yeah. are saying, you know, is this kind of thing offside? Is it okay now? We've obviously entered a space where college athletes can make money, but do we want them representing casinos? Do we want them being in those commercials? I personally have no problem with it. That to me is transparency. If I see Drew Timmy acting... Zero untoward in a, in a basketball game, I can direct it right back to the idea that the guy's doing casino ads. So uh, I'm good. Yeah. This is all up front for me. I think zero problem. Sports wagering is legal. College athletes taking money is legal. Is he of legal betting age, though? That's a good question. He would be. He's been around for a while. He would be. Then then there is not a damn thing. There's not a damn thing wrong with it. It's completely benign. I'm going to look and, up his age and, and, just so we are. Just that was so the only thing I was thinking is, is he is he of gambling age? I wouldn't see them putting him up there if he wasn't of gambling age. It'd be a you're, very... you're searching this already. You're doing a search already. While you're at it, search yeah. what seed uh, North Carolina is. He's so twenty. Just... He's twenty one. Yeah, I would September ninth. September ninth, two thousand. So then, yeah, there's no problem with that. So there's no problem yeah. with that. No, but some will. Some will have a big problem with that. 
And people want to bitch. Someone wants to bitch about everything. I mean, people are going to complain just to complain. From the from the new rules that have been implemented and things that are changing, it is completely, completely fine um, for him to do that. Yeah. He's not betting. He's, he's not, not saying betting. bet on Gonzaga. No, he's and not. If, if, he's not. Yeah. If he was, if he was uh, somebody who was, you know, again betting on his own team or whatnot, he'd be the last guy to put up his hand. Think of how out of the way. You look yeah. at some. You look at that Arizona State scandal. That's part of that Netflix special. Like those guys went above oh, and yeah, beyond yeah. to hide the fact they were doing it. This guy's not going to do a commercial and then bet on his own team. It's ridiculous. Anyway, no. uh, North no, North Carolina is number stupid. eight. I would get that bag in a second. Yeah, they were. No, they're number. Oh, eight they're number. Team. Okay, so they are number our, eight. Our research Got department it. has chimed in and let us know that it's just us. It's just us as the research department. Perfect. Really, it's the way things work. But we're perfectionists, so we like to get the information on the table and give it to you in real time. I think that's it, man. We got a lot to talk about next time around. I want to get your thoughts on the F one coming to Las Vegas because I think that's right. Oh, yeah. a lot, but we'll save our opinions on it's that. It's going to be a next... street course. It's going to be a street course too. That's going to be insane. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be absolutely yeah. nuts. So we'll talk a little bit more about that oh, on yeah. the next episode. Until then, and don't forget, a lot of CEOs are going to be a part of. Uh, guaranteed money going to be part of our interview segments our features throughout the week on tdr so just check back for that don't forget to leave an opinion on the, in the comment section on youtube we'd love to know from you you know do you have a problem with college athletes doing commercials for gambling companies for casinos we don't do you drop a comment on our youtube page we'd love to hear from you on that and of course interact with you that way anthony thank you so much it's been fun it's been real Subscribe to Guaranteed Money wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at thedalesreport.com. Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.